Brother Freddie, uh, uh, Softman, which I've learned to love, is a dear beloved brother. He come over here. Brother Fred's not a minister, but he loves the Lord with all of his heart. And I tell you, you couldn't find a finer man than, than Fred Softman. Before I start, I'll just pray that the Lord will help me and give me the things to say that would be pleasing to him and that all those that hear it might be blessed by it. My first experience with Brother Branham, the first time I seen him was in 1947 in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. He had a meeting there. I, I never seen so many bed miracles coming in on cots when that meeting was over, when he was finished praying, when he prayed the prayer for all of them, there was eight, ten, or twelve in cots. They jumped out of their cots, jumping and praising the Lord. What a wonderful time. I'll never forget that meeting. The next time that I seen Brother Branham was in 1955, which was the first time that I spoke to Brother Branham. I went to Jeffersonville. The whole family went to Jeffersonville. And I spoke to him. We spoke to him there for a half an hour. And I've never been the same since. We, I asked him to pray for every one of us. He did. I would have loved to remember the things that he said to us, but I, I, didn't, I can't remember them. But I know they were wonderful. Then the next time I seen Brother Branham was in 1956 in Minneapolis. The wife and I went to those meetings in Minneapolis. We had breakfast every morning with Brother Branham, and he told us everything that was in our hearts. When we returned home, there was nothing that he didn't tell us that was anything that was in our hearts. I thought of the Queen of Sheba. She came to see that gift, and there was nothing withheld from her. He told her everything that was in her heart. The next time was 1957. I uh, had the privilege and honor of putting a meeting on for Brother Branham in 1957 in Saskatoon in the arena there. I went to pretty near all the full gospel churches, and not one of them would have anything to do with the meetings, nor the ministers. But we put the meeting on, and the arena was filled. I seen the deaf, the blind, the cripples. I seen one come in with a waterhead. It's unbelievable for me to tell you how big that waterhead was. He said to her, bring that child back tomorrow night and see what he'd done. And tomorrow night, that head was normal. I'll never forget that. That was a terrific miracle. Then, I think it was after that trip, we went fishing to Dory Lake. We went fishing and we got there and we went a little ways and Brother Bram said, I think this would be a pretty good place, Brother Fred. Right here. Fine. We stopped the boat and started fishing and we started catching them. Lunker, 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20 pounders we were catching. 
and people was all around us, and they seen us catching these fish, and they come in and say, uh, what kind of hook are you fellas using? We'd tell them what kind of hook we were using, and they would put on them hooks, and they were all around our boat. Still, they didn't catch anything, and we was catching them by the tubfuls. It was getting around dinner time. I guess they thought, well, how long are you fellas going to stay there? Let us get into that spot anyway. So when we left, in they come, and still they didn't catch anything. So we had dinner, and after dinner we come out again. And I said, Brother Bram, uh, uh, don't you think that'd be a good place again, Brother Branham? Yes, I think it would, Brother Fred. And we start catching them by the tubfuls again. All the fellows were looking. They couldn't understand. They're just looking and gasping, wondering how in the world we was catching them fish. But I know it was the Lord. At this time, I think of this, since I was fishing there with Brother Branham, and I went fishing m many times with him. He said one time in a meeting in Phoenix, he said, Brother Fred's the best fisherman in Canada when I'm in the States. <laughs> so I knew he was the best fisherman. Amen. There's nobody could fish naturally or spiritually like he did. Amen. In the spring of 1949, Tom and myself and one of my boys went to the meetings in Los Angeles. And there at the meeting where Brother Branham preached the wedding supper, I seen fire coming out of Brother Branham's eyes, six to seven inches from his eyes, that fire. I don't know if anybody else seen it. I don't, as far as I know, they didn't, but, but I seen that fire. And one little thing that happened at that meeting, as Brother Branham was speaking, out of the front door where they come in, come a man with a long-tailed coat. And he took about six steps, running full blast, and up in the air he jumped. <laughs> well, when he was up there, he was looking around to see how people was taking it. And his coat, as he was coming down, it looked like it was an angel flying. <laughs> down he'd come. He'd seen that the people was taking it pretty good. He took another six or seven running steps straight towards where Brother Branham was speaking. Up he jumped again. And he continued this on till he got to where Brother Branham was. Then he turned out and went outside door. <laughs> i never forget this statement. Brother Branham says, I love the way Brother Smith lets the spirit move. Then I went home after that meeting. I, in fact, at that meeting, I told... Uh, Brother Tom said to me, Do you know, Brother Fred, as plain as he is making this, why, everybody's going to see who he is. I says, No, Brother Tom, they won't. And it wasn't very shortly after that, Tom says, You're sure right. I said, Brother Tom, if God don't open your eyes, you can't see it. Only His grace opened your eyes and my eyes to see this thing. Amen. Then I went home after that meeting. I went to Saskatoon. And I had a voice. I was there by myself. And I, I heard a voice in my hotel room. And it said, Sell everything right now. I didn't... It, it, it was from outside of me, kind of from behind me, that voice. I went home. I says, honey, this is it. We're selling everything. We're going down there. And that voice led me to Jeffersonville, 
where I had the opportunity to be and serve with the Lord, which to me was the greatest thing I ever done in my life. I went home, I had my sale. People come up to me. I had one of the nicest farms in Canada and wonderful equipment. They come up to me. Some of my neighbors had tears in their eyes. Excuse me. They said, Fred, how can you do this? They didn't understand. And I couldn't tell them. I know they'd think I was crazy. But I felt I knew what I was doing. So I sold my place. And I might say, I've never been sorry since that I did that. Brother Bram said to me one time, he said, Brother Fred, if you'd stayed there, you'd have been a millionaire. But he said, what good would it have done you? I knew that's right. I felt I was a trillionaire now in the spiritual. There's only one thing I could do. I couldn't do anything else but follow that voice. And that voice is the same voice I believe with all my heart. That's on them tapes. You can hear that voice too, brother, or sister, or whoever you might be. <laughs> I know his sheep hear his voice. They don't hear another. In 1960, I went to... Brother Tom and I went to a meeting in Shreveport, Louisiana. There, about two months before that, a Baptist woman gave a prophecy in Brother Jack Moore's church and said that Moses and Elijah and Christ would stand in this church very shortly. Jack Moore, Brother Jack Moore, threw out his false prophecy. Now, in a sense, you couldn't, you couldn't really blame him because, well, that sounds ridiculous. To the natural man, it certainly does sound ridiculous. But when Brother Branham was preaching, he said that vision is now fulfilled. Then on that trip... I believe it was the same trip. Tom and I was coming home, and the back wheel bearing in my car was an awful rumble in my car. And I pulled into the garage. I said, what's the matter with this thing? He put it up on the hoist. He says, your back wheel bearing's gone. I said, can you fix it? He said, I haven't got time. Go to the phone, call the Ford garage. And I was going to the phone, and there was Brother Branham sitting in his car. And Brother, I said, Brother Branham, he said, my back wheel bearing's gone. I said, would you pray, Brother Branham? He said, your back, he said, your back wheel bearing is all right now. So I got in that car, and it run just perfect. No more noise. That's what the Lord done. He had to put a new wheel bearing in there because the other one was shot. Amen. I believe it was in 1961 where I started to make tapes. We would go to the different meetings, wherever the meetings were. 
the tape that night would be for the people the next night. I believe the people really appreciated that. It meant a lot of work, but we were glad to do it. Me and the boys, Gunness and Brother Jim. In 19... I happened to to be privileged to be in this meeting after he preached the church ages that back on the wall of the church came the confirmation the way Brother Branham revealed the seven church ages and preached them back on the wall was the rotating of the seven church ages on the wall for all eyes to see. The people began to holler. Brother Branham said, that's only... Uh, that isn't the real thing. That's only a... I can't get the word at the very moment. That's only a... Um, well, it wasn't the real thing. Like a shadow. But the real thing's up here. Amen. In 1961, there was a bunch of us brethren went pig hunting. I believe it was... It was in sunset right there where all the mighty things happened. And this day, Brother Branham said to me, Brother Fred, would you like a pig today? Yes, I would, Brother Branham. I hadn't had one yet. And I said, yes, I would. Well, he said, you see that uh, all about halfway up there? You see that point there? I think that'd be a pretty good place, Brother Fred. So I jumped out. Another fellow jumped out with me, young fellow. And uh, we went up there. And we were there about an hour, and we didn't see anything. And this young fellow says to me, he says, there's no pigs around here. I says, you go ahead. You just go. Go do whatever you want. Go wherever you want. I stayed there. I went to sleep. And I was woke up out of my sleep, and right just above me, here the pigs were running, and I got the last one, the biggest one. I got my pig. Just doing what he said to do. So simple. But to me, it was all, thus saith the Lord. He didn't make any mistakes. People said he made mistakes. I never seen no mistakes. I never seen any. The next time, I think it was in 1962, that I went with Brother Branham up to Canada by Bud Southwick, and we went up to hunt sheep, stone ram sheep. And Blaine was my guide. But before before I go any further, Brother Ram said to me, he says, Brother Fred, you're going to have a good trip this time. So, okay. And Brother Blaine was my guide. That's Bud Southwick's son. And here we seen some sheep way high up there. And we were riding horses. Now we come to the bottom of this particular mountain. I said, Brother Fred, we'll have to climb up this mountain and then shoot from this mountain over to the top of the other mountain to get your sheep, because we can't get any closer. So, and he was going like an antelope. I says, Wayne, just a minute, Blaine, I said. Did you ever run one of them things down? No. I says, you're not going to run this one down. Wait, I can't run like that. Take your time. Okay. So, we started climbing up that mountain. When we got to the top of that mountain, now he says, easy, Fred, you see him there? I says, okay. 
I says, lay your pad down and put your gun on it and aim careful. Bang! <laughs> down he went. And Blaine jumped about three feet up in the air. He says, man, can you shoot? It was about 450 yards. I'd estimate 450 or 500, something like that yard. I said, no, I can't shoot that good. It had to be the Lord because I know I couldn't shoot that straight. And as soon as he come down after that bang, up stepped another one. Oh, he was bigger yet than the first one I shot. And Blaine said to me, Brother Fred, he said, you take this one. I'll take the first one because uh, I have, I've, got a, uh, I've got a tag and I have a right to get one and that'll be mine. You take this one. So I shot and bang, down he went. And all I heard was bang, crash, and I thought, oh, mercy. There'll be nothing left of that head by the time we get there. When we got there, he had fallen pretty near a half a mile down the mountain. But there was only one scratch on his horn. When I seen Brother Branham, Brother Branham said to me, he said, Brother Fred, the Lord gave you them, Brother Fred. I said, thank you, Brother Branham. You know, as I went on that trip, I could have got a caribou, I could have got a moose. Think of it. Four I could have got in one trip. And lots of people go hunting many, many years, don't even get one animal. And the Lord was good enough to me, he gave me these two, and he said to me, Now, Brother Fred, you don't want to get everything in one trip. Now, you don't realize that sure was right, but it was wonderful to get that stone ram sheep. It got in the Boone and Crockett book as one of the biggest ones in the world. In fact, the first one was the same size of the one that Brother Branham got. You know, the Lord always gives the other fellow the best. Gives him first choice. That's our Lord. The next event that I remember of, I happened to be privileged to see two raised from the dead in Brother Branham's meeting with my own eyes. One was Brother Way. Now, I don't know if uh, most people know about what happened there. I was right there. Sister Way says, Oh, Brother Branham, he's gone. Have mercy, Brother Branham, she said. Brother Branham said, Because you were a nurse and showed mercy, now mercy will be showed to you. And up come Brother Way. Another one that i seen raised from the dead was in New Hampshire, and there happened to be a doctor right close by, and she dropped over dead. He walked over to her. He said, she's dead. Brother Bram says, just be peaceful. Let's relax now and wait on the Lord. And all at once he said, Mary, and up come Mary. From 1956 on, we went to nearly all of Brother Branham's meetings. Why, Chicago was our home church. Because he was at Chicago, I think, more than any place in those days, early days. In 1962, I think it was 1962, the wife and I was coming home from, from Canada, I believe it was, and we had heard Brother Branham talk about these seven mountains. 
And here we had the honor and privilege to see that. I think it's on the border of Monte of Idaho and Utah. And there, those mountains run east and west. And the Continental Divide goes north and south. But this is part of the Continental Divide. It runs east and west. Oh, the thought struck me. As the lightning comes from the east to the west, so shall the, sun, the coming of the Son of Man be. And Brother Bram said that the Lord told him that I'll give you an everlasting sign, and that will be his name was in the mountains. We took the pictures of them. We have the seven peaks. But I took one picture, and the clouds happened to come, and Martha said to me, Honey, you ruined that picture. And there was the three poles, the big three poles was in that. The rest was covered. And Brother Branham said that was his three poles. That was an outstanding picture. And after the third pull, there was no more. It went into eternity. That's what he said. I was riding with Brother Branham one time up to Canada, hunting this particular time. And... Uh, uh, you know, I loved to ride with him. I sure did. There was nothing like it in this world. As Brother Roberson said, it it just seemed like uh, that he was so natural. But it was more than that. He was so humble. I, I, I never seen a man like him in all my life. I know he's still the same today. In 1958, Fran and Jim got married. But before they got married, Martha had a dream that, that Brother Branham came and she said, Have you come to marry them? And he spread his hands and smiled. And to cut the dream short, he was in the back room putting on her wedding dress. Now, Martha thought, that'll take a long time, buttoning all them little buttons on that back of her dress. And later on, when we seen Brother Branham, she told Brother Branham this dream. Brother Branham said, you know I wouldn't be putting on her, her wedding garment. But he said, I was putting the wedding garment on you up there. This particular time, Brother Tom and I, and I think our wives were there too, but he took us down the basement and he showed us a bunch of pictures. In this picture, Brother Branham showed us there was the pillar of fire on the outside of this plane window. It was in an airplane coming over the seas. And they had to make a forced landing, apparently. They didn't go where they were supposed to go. They were supposed to go to New York. I believe that was the place. But they stopped at Gander, Newfoundland. was a shortcut. And one man comes up to the pile and says, What's the matter with you? What are you stopping us here for? We're supposed to go to New York. And the pilot said to the man, You just thank God that you weren't out in that ocean, for we've been out of gas for 20 minutes and that's why we stopped here. Brother Branham told us this. 
One time we were in Johnny's restaurant in Tucson, eating with Brother and Sister Branham. And out of a clear blue sky, Brother Branham said to the wife, One of these times you're going to walk out of a meeting. And she thought, God in her heart, me walk out of a meeting, oh, Brother Branham. Well, she said, It's just predestination, Brother Branham. He said, The rapture can take place right now. And it took 14 years later before this happened. And it happened. We were at this place, and they were supposed to play a tape. And another fellow gets up there, and uh, I says, I'm not listening to that nonsense. I walked out. And uh, a few minutes later, the wife walked out. And as she walked out and got outside the door... She heard the words, Someday you'll walk out of a meeting. It wasn't Brother Branham's meeting. That was why it happened. But like Brother Branham said, it it took a long time to happen, but it happened just the way he said it. One time, Fran and Jim, Martha and myself, and Brother and Sister Branham were at the pool in Tucson talking about uh, the house, blending in with the mountains. And he said, Sister Sossman, you see how nice that blends in? She'd always kind of thought about being very close up to the mountains. You don't want to be too close, he said, because the rocks could fall on you. And this is what Brother Bram said. He said, someday we'll be up here looking down on them. I happened to be privileged in 1963 to be at Sunset Mountain. When that happened out there, which Brother Branham tells on tape, tells all about it before it ever happened, told in Jeffersonville and, I believe, in Phoenix. And we was out hunting pigs, Brother Gene Norman and myself and Brother Branham. Well, we heard this blast. It sounded like seven of them planes breaking the sound barrier at the same time. It was such a bang. I thought, mercy, they'll hear that all over the country. And when we come back together, I could see at the very time that that blast went, there was that pillar of fire above Brother Branham. And I could see that Brother Branham, he looked different. And truly he was different. And he told Brother Gene and I something that we can't tell. But I happened to be privileged to be a witness at seeing this. In 1959, Brother Branham said, I would like you to be one of my trustees. And I thought in my heart, Brother Branham... I really didn't want to stay at the tabernacle all the time. And Brother Branham said, You can go to the meetings wherever they are, Brother Fred. Then I said, I would be honored to do that, Brother Branham. I still am a trustee of the Branham Evangelistic Campaigns, and thank the Lord for it. May God bless you all.